0: Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, may it be that as we in our own hearts and lives seek your touch, what it is that we might need most. Remind us, O Lord, that it's not a thing. It's not a condition. What we need most is your presence and your power. Lord God, speak to us through your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus has started his ministry, he's working his way around Galilee, and he has been healing people, and the word is out. And at one point he decides to just get away, get alone for a while, and then in my mind's eye, he sneaks back to where he's staying in Capernaum in the middle of the night. But word is out. They find out that he's there. We don't know who, which house it was. Maybe it was Simon Peter's house, or we don't know where he was staying, but he was staying with somebody in C- Capernaum. But the word is out, and that morning the house is mobbed by people. And everyone is there. Everyone's trying to get in. Everyone see Jesus and find out if Jesus can possibly heal. And in my thinking, we don't have any time reference, references in this, but probably around mid-morning, a bunch of young guys run over to their friend's house who's been paralyzed. And they say, they say to him, Jesus is in town. He's done all this stuff. And we think that you can get healed by him. And so they, they put him on some kind of a like a a blanket or a tarp or a rug or something like that. And these four guys haul them over to the house. They get to the house, and there are people standing outside the door. They can't get in. And they are frustrated and want to know what they have to do to get in. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of Mark. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, Several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought by themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your bed and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers they were all amazed and praise god exclaiming we have never seen anything like this before i wonder if one of the guys of those four said dudes let's take him up on the roof let's take him let's dig away the roof and drop him down through the through the roof now the construction was such that it was just a thatched roof and with mud and all that kind of stuff on, on probably some poles that are working their way across, probably three feet across or so. And so they knew how these places were built. And all of these homes had a little staircase on the side because people would go up to that roof and enjoy the evenings as the sun set over the Mediterranean. But in my mind's eye, these are guys taking them up and laughing the whole time. They're having a blast. Oftentimes, our text doesn't really capture some of the the humor that is contained within these stories. But they get him up there and they start digging. And Jesus is down below and speaking to the people and hears it over his head. And then chunks of dirt start falling down on him. And people wonder what's going on. Then light appears. And then these guys are reaching down, letting their friend down through the hole in the roof. And it reminds me of what you do. So this morning I'm standing out on the curb, and here's Lorene Cagle, bringing Gordon and Sonia to church, helping each other. I think about this kind of thing when young parents bring a squirming little kid up for baptism. And I've shared with you before, I, I had this, somebody cleaned my robe for me thinking they were doing me a favor, but they, they took all the baby stuff off my robe. I used to love those marks of my ministry. And, and time and time again, there are, Occasions where people are helping others through a difficult time, even though it, it may not result in anything dramatic like a healing. But that man on the mat knew he was not alone. He knew that he had friends, people who cared about him. He knew that his life mattered because it mattered to them. And so how critical it is that, that we are there for one another. And we talk about this, we say it all the time. But if you think about it, if you've been in a place in your life where you've been struggling alone and, and really didn't know where to go with it, where to turn, that's what the church is about. It's one of the things I love about AA. They're up there every noon up in the sunshine room. And these are people who support one another. They uphold one another. They take care of each other. They're watching out for each other because those people know they need each other. We know at times that we need each other. And so the man is let down. And Jesus says something that perhaps surprised all of us. What he didn't say to start out was, get up and walk, you're healed. Instead he said, your sins are forgiven. And I wonder what he thought. I wonder what this paralyzed man thought. I'm paralyzed. I have a hard time sinning at all. I'd like to sin more but I'm paralyzed. But Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew the depths of his heart. And if we are self-reflective at all, we come to the point where we realize that the deepest need we have is to be forgiven, to let that stuff go, to keep it from eating at us because some things will eat at us our entire life. And to know that we're forgiven. To know that we're free. To know that that which is on us has been dumped off of us. Taken on Christ. Taken onto Christ on the cross. And killed with him. That's not just church talk. That's a reality. But here's what happened. When he said your sins are forgiven. There were religious people there there were those who were watching and waiting for Jesus to trip up because they'd heard all these things about Jesus as everyone else had but the religious authorities the elites well they weren't so sure about this and so when Jesus said to this man your sins are forgiven they jumped No one can say that except God. Nobody can forgive sins except God. These are the experts. These are the elite. These are the ones who are in control or at least trying to maintain control of their communities. It's what C.S. Lewis calls the conditioners. They're constantly working to make sure Everything is to be the way they want it to be. And those who are exercising this control, these elites, if they're not exercising their responsibilities and their authority in such a way as to maintain the truth of things, reality, then they're simply pursuing their own personal agendas. And this ultimately breaks down communities. When those who are in positions of authority or knowledge or the elites or whatever are trying to impose their will upon everyone else, ultimately it leads us astray. Not that we have any experience with this, Not that we've had those in positions of leadership in whatever category of leadership it may be that tell us that we need to do things and that we need to comply, not through legitimate processes of legislation, but just because they say so. We've all heard stories about people getting, quote, canceled because they didn't comply with a particular elite. And this is true on both the right and on the left. But the reality is if those elites are working to maintain the truth and move people toward the the reality of life and the truth of life, the deep truths of life, then that's fine, that's what we all want. And it so happens that these elites on this particular occasion are correct. They're right. No one can forgive sins except God. And so Jesus responded by saying, just so you know that I have the authority to do this, just so you know that the Son of Man has this authority, he then turns to the man who's paralyzed and says, get up, pick up your mat. Go home. And I love Mark's account here. It says he jumped up. Now, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I could jump. <laughs> I could jump real high, playing basketball and volleyball. And I was at the, I was at the club the other day just working out and um, stretching and I was next to this guy who was having a hard time getting to the machines. And, and I'm there trying to do the best to stretch my muscles out. And, and he said, tough getting old, isn't it? <laughs> and I said, yes, it is. But the reality is, this man who is paralyzed, whose muscles had atrophied, Whose muscles were virtually nothing, had his muscles restored, and not just muscular strength, but also that that flexible elasticity that allowed him to jump up. And everyone laughed. Everyone thought this was wonderful. Everyone thought it was one of the best things they'd ever seen. And he was healed. And so the the conditioners, the elites, the religious authorities spoke a truth that they didn't realize they were speaking. Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew says, why do you have this evil in your hearts? They were trying to get him. But in their efforts to get him, truth came out over against their intentions. And it's true. Only God can forgive us of our sins. And I I could so go on and on and on. But the reality is, if if we have no God in our lives, or if the God that we have in our lives is a false God, The God that we have in our lives is the the God of of mutual consensus. The God that we have in our lives is somehow a God that simply requires our our obedience but does not deliver any kind of hope or help. Karl Barth says the problem with false gods is that they succeed in their lordship if we have a false God that is succeeding in its lordship, then we are even deeper, descending deeper into a place of spiritual poverty. But Jesus made a statement that he has the authority because he is God. Jesus is God. He's God with us. And as we bring one another to the Lord, as we carry our friends at such difficult times that they may have, as we visit Shirley Workentine, as we pray for Brian Vale we uphold one another and thereby demonstrate that Jesus is God. Will you join me in prayer? And Lord, they didn't get it. Those who were in charge got mad and the stories billowed out There were those who turned and believed and found great joy. But then the the plotting began to have this man arrested and ultimately killed. Lord God, thank you that your son came to us, that he is one with us, that he is God with us. We pray in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.